Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. LVG out says the Manchester United supporter. Sack him now, says another Manchester United supporter. No, 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 says everyone else. Let him stay. This is far, far too enjoyable. Welcome to World Soccer Talk Radio here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. My name is Nate Abarea. Thank you for making the show a part of your daily plans in live classic radio form here on Sports Byline and all of our fantastic affiliates across the U.S. of A. Thanks for subscribing to us in podcast form on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and of course, WorldSoccerTalk.com. Leave us a review on iTunes when you get a chance. Welcome to the show and welcome to the Europa League, Manchester United, the glorious world of Thursday night football. And I want to make it clear to all of you Man U fans out there, all of you Manchester United supporters all across the globe listening in today and following me on Twitter at NateWST and following all of us at World Soccer Talk over the last day or so. I'm not trying to troll any of you. There's no trolling here. It is truly good to have you in the Europa League with us alongside your friends at Tottenham, your your friends from Everton, and of course, your friends from Liverpool Football Club. I look forward to seeing what you guys can accomplish in the Europa League. Welcome to the world of Thursday Night Football. In this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio, we are taking a trip to Scotland. Specifically, we're heading to Edinburgh and talking about a new book from a man by the name of Andy McVannon called We Are Hibernian, The Fan's Story. We're talking Hibs in this edition of World Soccer Talk Radio, the incredible history of Hibs and their rivalry with hearts. Talk about the Irish immigrant roots for Hibernian. Talk about some firsthand stories and some secondhand stories from the fans in this book from Andy McVannon. We'll talk about a band called The Proclaimers. You might know about them. Big Hibs fans. And we'll talk about the great characters and the history of this club and the city of Edinburgh. Andy McVannon with yours truly, Nate Abarea, back with you after this on World Soccer Talk Radio. Now in the street there is violence and none allowed to solve the work to be done. No place to hang out or wash in and none can Avenue. Oh, we're gonna rock down to Electric Avenue. 
You're listening to World Soccer Talk Radio with your host, Nada Barea, on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Where are you from, mate? Just around. Welcome back in to World Soccer Talk Radio. We will be getting uh, Andy McVannon on with us here in a little bit. Some uh, logistical issues, but I assure you we will be talking Hibs at some point in this show. Cannot wait to talk about this book. We are Hibernian. Andy McVannon is the author's name. And uh, it, it's a book that really excites me because it's, it's all in the title. It's, it's the fan's story. We are Hibernian. The fan's story and it's in loving memory of, of his father who took him to his first Hibs match at the age of 10. There's so many great stories and great characters within this book. And I can't wait to talk with Andy about all of these and so many of the different names, the, the Charlie Reeds, the, the Colin Whitsons, the Bruce Fri- Finleys, and the Irvine Welshes, and all these great, the, the Lord Martin O'Neill, not to be confused with... Uh, Famous manager in uh, English football, Martin O'Neill. No, different man, Lord Martin O'Neill. So many different characters that I want to talk about and, and get into here and really delve deep into this thing and, and a little history of, of Hibernian. And I'm going to take, take liberties right now to actually give you, myself, a little history of Hibernian Football Club, a little brief chronology, shall we say. And, and it started back in 1875. And what's interesting is something that needs to actually be thrown out here from 1874. And that was the founding of Hearts of Midlothian, the famous rivals of Hibs. Well, Hibs a year later are formed, and they're formed by a pair of Irish immigrants. And so there's this great connection between Ireland and, and so many different clubs in Scotland. We all know about the, the story of Celtic and, and what that means in terms of Irish culture and, and the Irish-Scottish connection there. But Hibs, uh, another great one, as they fondly, they, they wear the color green, they, they, they don the green quite well, and, and Ireland is deeply connected to this club on, on the eastern coast of Scotland, and, and I love that about Hibs, and, and I love that about Celtic for that matter as well, and these, these clubs, and, and even going back to English football, and, and on, a, a, on a different level, but, but something that should be thrown out here, looking at the history of Liverpool and Manchester United, um, as well as, as even Everton uh, to a certain extent, in terms of their connections with Ireland, and, and their, their geographic proximity to Ireland and, and their connections, therefore. Now, now Hibs, obviously a little bit different, uh, being so far over there on the east coast of, of Scotland, but it's still something that, that is quite fascinating to see this club in Edinburgh have so much connection to Ireland. And, and to this day, fans in Ireland who, who support Hibs, knowing the great history of this club going back to 1875 and, and then being founded by Irish immigrants. Now, we're going to jump forward a few years and, and go to 1903 when Hibs won their first Scottish League championship. And now we're going to jump from 1903 to 2015. And then we'll, we'll, we'll jump back into the early 1900s here in a second. But 
if if you're not following the Scottish Premiership, formerly known as as the SPL, and so privileged to have so many great Scottish guests on the show, from from Derek Ray to Mark Donaldson, and and so many others who have who have given us their time, Craig Burley uh, among among others, and and again we'll have Andy uh, McVannon on with us shortly, but there, there's been a a bit of a downfall in terms of coverage of the Scottish Premiership. And I am someone who really hopes that, that that changes. And I was hoping that Scotland, the national team qualifying for, <laughs> for Euro 2016, and France was going to be a catalyst for that. And Gordon Strachan leading the men to Paris was going to be a catalyst for Scotland's domestic league to make it back into a bit of, bit of the limelight and obviously the downfall of Rangers over the last few years and everything that went with that definitely has played into what many people call kind of a downfall of Scottish football. But I have hope, and, and every time I talk with, with a, a great mentor of mine who I've, I've already brought up here today, Derek Ray, I have hope every time I talk to Derek and, and even a few other people that there will be a renaissance in Scottish football, that, that there will be a comeback of Scottish football, that we can get back to a bit of the glory days. Maybe not all the way back to, to the glory days of Celtic in the, in the 60s and 70s when, when they were one of the best teams in the world. Make no mistake about that, one of the best teams in the world back in the 60s and 70s. But even just getting the league back up to what it was even when I was first following the league in the 90s and, and seeing some of those teams that were in so many cases on par with, with teams to the south in England. And, and very much so. I'm talking even middle-tier teams, not just your, your Celtic and Rangers, but other teams, the, the likes of, of Hibs, Hearts, Aberdeen, a few other squads up there in the old SPL that I, I swear to God, when I was in, in England and, and watching Scottish football, it was not that big of a gap between them. And, and it was very much even. That has changed greatly since... 20, 15 years ago. And obviously money has so much to do with it. And many of these clubs in Scotland are, are struggling financially and tying this back to Hibs, who, in case you didn't know this, in case you're not following the, uh, the Scottish Premiership, they're not in the Scottish Premiership right now. They're in the second division fighting for promotion. And, and I sure hope that they do make it back because this club has such a fascinating history and just so many beautiful cultural aspects. I, I think it's great for not only Scottish football, but it's good for, for all of, of the British Isles to see a club like Hibs back in the spotlight again, tying it back to their Irish roots. Now, they won their second Scottish Cup in 1902. They won their first league championship in 1903. It was the era right after World War II when Hibs enjoyed quite possibly their greatest spell as a football club. They won the Scottish First Division in 1948 and then won back-to-back -back Scottish First Division titles in 1951 and 1952. It was the last time they ever won the Scottish First Division or the SPL or the Scottish Premiership, whatever you want to call it. That was it, 1952. 1954 is a great moment in the history of Hibs. They played their first match under floodlights at the famous Easter Road, 1954, the first night match under the floodlights at Easter Road. You gotta love that one. And then, becoming, a few years later, the first British team to enter into the European Cup. Now, the European Cup was not what it eventually became, definitely not the, the Champions League that it is today, but 
it, it was an upstart competition. It was just this, this good idea from, from UEFA. And Hibs, with their famous front five, that, that, that great five, their, their attacking uh, group of, of five players there, they were one of the hottest teams in the British Isles. They were one of the hottest teams in Europe. And they actually became the first ever British team to enter the European Cup. How about that? Bet you didn't know that one. Hibernian, first ever British team to enter the European Cup. Now, you go forward, way, way forward, because we're, we're going to gloss over the, <laughs> the 1960s and 70s, though we should actually point out Hibs beating Barcelona in the Fairs Cup in 1961. A sad day for Hibs, losing 6-1 to one to Celtic in the Scottish Cup final in 1972. Great day in 1973, Hibs 7, Hearts nil in that uh, great Derby of, of Edinburgh, the, the Hibs Hearts Derby. But I want to actually skip forward to 1998 now, and a man by the name of Alex McLeish taking over as manager at Hibs. And Alex McLeish, someone who, who went on to manage the Scottish national team, and uh, a, a manager who I actually covered in some kind of bizarre ways back in uh, my, my university days, uh, and did actually a couple of, couple of papers on Alex McLeish and, and his uh, job with Scotland and the history of the Scottish national team. And McLeish was the manager at the time of those, so we actually uh, spent a lot of time focusing on McLeish. But McLeish, a Hibs manager, appointed in 1998. Another manager that you guys might know about that was part of the, uh, the, the Hibs legacy. Not sure uh, how much you true... Hibernian supporters would, would like to remember this man, but Terry Butcher actually managed Hibs back in 2013, and in 2014, they were relegated to the Scottish Championship, and that is where they are playing right now. So, aspirations of promotion. That's what it's all about right now for Hibs. We're going to try to get Andy McVannon on the line so we can get a little deeper into this history, talk about this book, We Are Hibernian, the fan story, and tie it right back to the present moment and discuss what it's going to take for him to get back to the Scottish top flight. World Soccer Talk Radio is what you're listening to right here on Sports Byline. Stay tuned. We're back after this. of some of the biggest Hibs supporters in all the land. That's right, the sounds of the proclaimers right there on World Soccer Talk Radio. Good to have you back with us here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. And we've got another big Hibs supporter on the line with us, the author of We Are Hibernian, the fan's story, Andy McVannon with us. Andy, how you doing, sir? I'm not too bad, not too bad. And yourself? 
Oh, doing great. So, uh, hey, let, let's talk first off about this book. Tell us the, the inspiration for writing We Are Hibernian, the fan story. Uh, well, actually, it's a, a strange connection to, because I, I believe you're based in San Francisco. Indeed. The, the radio station. Um, many years ago, in about 1999, I think it was, I was over there on a college internship, and I picked up a book actually about um, bands, tour stories, and, you know, life on the road and that kind of thing. So I thought to myself, you know, over the course of um, I could actually translate that to, to the uh, spectrum of supporting your, your football team. Um, so that was my initial idea, but of course, after after a while of, of developing it, um, essentially, I really wanted to get, you know, the real feeling from the connection that people have to the club through their family and generations, you know, uh, previously. Now, uh, in the opening segment there, I talked about the the history of this club, and it's something that you could tell us, you know, so much more yeah. about than I than I ever could, being there and being a, a Hib supporter yourself. But I want to go way back again to the founding of this club back in 1875 and the connections of Hibs to Irish immigrants, the the Irish roots of of Hibernian. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. Um, I mean, essentially, as you say, in 1875, um, Hibernian were formed uh, from a community of Edinburgh called the Cowgate. Um, now, that's a really old part of the town where actually that area was, was known as um, Little Ireland at the time and comprised of a lot of um, Irish um, immigrants that came came over to Edinburgh to find work. Um at that time, there was quite a lot of discrimination and a lot of religious bigotry in the in the city. So, really, Hibernian were were formed as a kind of representation uh, for the community and also to encourage people to uh, engage in more healthy pursuits. <laughs> so, um, it's really quite an interesting story. Um, they later inspired, for example, the, the, the forming of Glasgow Celtic. There was other clubs that cropped up around Scotland based on the same uh, concept, really, Dundee High Burning, who are now known as uh, Dundee United, for example. So their actual influence kind of spread, you know, throughout, throughout Scotland. Well, absolutely, and that, that's something that I, I touched on in the opening as well, and, and how Celtic are looked at as this model of, of Irish-Scottish connection, and in many ways yeah. it's, it's Hibs that actually preceded that. Yeah, I think so. I think certainly in terms of the origins, obviously the, the, the journey that both clubs took um, thereafter was a wee bit different. Um, I think Hibs now um, in the modern modern day very very much engage with their their local lease community um, roots as well, and you know they, they possibly don't. Um, I think that there's probably more of a a combination of different influences to, to Hibs as a club in terms of their identity. Um, but, yeah, certainly certainly that was, a, I think, quite an inspiration for, for the, the forming of Celtic way back then. Well, Andy, let's let's get back to to your book. I've I've been reading much of it here over the last uh, couple of days or so, and and there's so many great 
firsthand and secondhand stories, and it ties back to to the title of this thing. It's it's the fan story. What you wanted this book to really be was was all about these these ways that football supporters always seem to remember the strangest things. You know, you'd think we'd be talking about the the great matches and all the great goals. It's not always the the great matches and the great goals. It's the weird little intricacies that each fan remembers yeah. about his or her experience with the club. Talk about some of your favorite. Uh, experiences in in conversing with these people and some of your favorite stories within this book. Yeah, I think um, well, it was really it was obviously really interesting meeting a lot of the the, the, the people that, that I interviewed. Um, I mean, essentially, I wanted to make a combination of your your norm, normal fan and, and also to try and get some of the better known um, celebrity fans, if you like. Uh, so you know, I've got, for example, Irvin Welsh in the book, who's uh, best known for for the book Train Spotting and the film, etc. Uh, so he he had some some great wee great wee stories about going to Hungary to watch to watch Hibs and um, you know some of the sort of al- alcohol fueled stories behind that are are pretty en- entertaining. Um, I think there's there's a huge amount in there. I think um, in terms of the stories that. It's interesting because, as you say, we don't. If you actually think about sporting events or, or your favourite football team, it's actually quite hard to remember specific moments in a game. What, what you do remember is a, a lot of people recall is standing on the old terracing at Easter Road, um, and you know people would be urinating in the on the terracing. It was quite a um, quite a sort of rough. Uh, environment to, to to go and watch football in in those days. Of course, now we've got we've got uh, all seater stadiums and everything's much more civilized. So a lot of it really is trying to focus on the kind of the, the sights, the sounds, and the smells that that were associated with with going to watch football in those days. Now, one of my favorite stories is one that you actually tell yourself uh, in in the early stages of this book, and it's about you as a young yeah. child throwing your hib scarf onto the pitch in an absolute disgusted fit of rage with the performance (laughs) of your club. Please tell us about the story and tell us what you learned that day. Well, it's something I would never, ever want to do again because I think it was against uh, uh, Greenock Morton. Um, And it was just, I think it was really just almost like the the last straw in a run of awful results for, for the club. And I stood there, and at the end of the game, I threw my scarf onto the pitch, um, vowing never to come back and all the rest of it. And from behind me, I heard a voice, and it was uh, an old gentleman in his in his 80s. He was actually in a wheelchair, um, and he said to me, come on, son, go and pick up your scarf. The hibs will come good again, he said to me. And I felt... I felt pretty grounded after that and of course I went back I got onto the pitch and they allowed me to go and pick up my scarf and I've never ever done that again and it's not something I would advise (laughs) (laughs) absolutely a a true coming of age tale and there's so many of those from from you, Andy, in this book, from from some of the fans yeah. and celebrities that you talk to, and I love how 
people in many ways, they talk about things that they've learned about themselves, you know, through supporting yes. this club over the years. I find that to be one of the most fascinating aspects uh, of, of this book. And hey, uh, before we, before we got to head to a break here, I have to ask you about uh, the Proclaimers, the, the, the famous band, the Proclaimers and their connection uh, to the club. We've been playing their music uh, here during this uh, edition of the show, but talk about what they mean uh, to Hibs. And, and did you get a chance to talk to, to the lads from the group uh, for this book? Yeah, I spoke to to Charlie Reed, um, who's one half of the, the Proclaimers, and um, yeah, it's, it's a funny one because over the years, um, the Proclaimers really, or their music has become synonymous with with Hibs as a club, um, and the, the the sort of club anthem, if you like, is is uh, the song "Sunshine on Leith." So when we won the cup a few years ago against Kilmarnock, you know, the, you had the whole of Hamden singing, singing their songs. They were at the game as well, and I often wonder, you know, how how amazing that must have felt for them. Um, so their their music really is something that that his fans all have really adopted over the years. Well, absolutely. His name is Andy McVen, and my name is Nate Abarayan. We're going to get a little sunshine on Leith to close out this segment here on World Soccer Talk Radio. And when we come back, we're going to snap back in to the present moment and talk about what's going on at Hibs today, currently in the Scottish Championship, but with very much realistic aspirations to to gain promotion and get back to the Scottish top flight. It's something that, that I would like to see. I know it's something that, that Andy would like to see and so many of you uh, supporters, not only of Hibs, but of Scottish football as a whole would like to see. And we'll talk about that as well with Andy here in the uh, in the next segment and something that we've discussed with, with Derek Ray on this show, with Craig Burley, with Mark Donaldson, with so many great Scottish guests on the show. And that is what it's going to take to see a true renaissance in the world of Scottish football, what it's going to take to get Scottish football back into the limelight, not just with these individual clubs, but with the league, with the national team, with all of it. Let's see what we can do to revive Scottish football. Stay tuned. World Soccer Talk Radio Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Proclaimers, take us away. I'm not going to talk about doubts and confusion On a night when I can see with my shut I'm not going to talk about doubts and confusion On a night when I can see with my shut I'm not going to talk about doubts and confusion On a night when I can see with my shut I'm not going to talk about it 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 Come on! Our show today brought to you by Audible, this Hibs spectacular featuring the Proclaimers and, of course, the author of We Are Hibernian, the fan story, Andy McVannon. Brought to you by Audible. They've got a free book for you today. You can choose out of over 180,000 titles. You can read a book from, hey, how about a book from a Scotsman, Sir Alex Ferguson. It's entitled Leading, where he shares his insight about the leadership skills he used at Manchester United. All of you aspiring broadcasters, commentators out there, the John Motson autobiography is available through Audible. You got the Bobby Charlton book and the Secret Footballer's Guide to the Modern Game. 
Check out if We Are Hibernian. The fan story is on there. You can also get New York Times, The Wall Street Journal. All of this is available to you for free for the first 30 days. Cancel during the first 30 days. You pay absolutely nothing, and the book is yours to keep. But I think that you will be hooked. Audible is a great way to listen to your favorite authors on your commute, at the gym, wherever you need them. Here's the deal. Free audiobook today for you audibletrial.com slash world soccer talk write that down audibletrial.com slash world soccer talk your first month is free you get one audiobook that is yours to keep no matter what sign up today at audibletrial.com slash world soccer talk Andy, during the break there, we were discussing something really interesting from the book, and it was something that, that in reading it, I, I was so fascinated by, but I didn't exactly know what it was, and, and it was something called Subutio, and you talked about how Hibs haven't won the, the Scottish top flight since 1952, but on the Subutio pitch, Hibs were winning titles left and right. Tell us what the hell Subutio is and what it meant to you as a kid. Yeah, Subutio is essentially a table uh, table football game, and um, the, the phrase that they always used was um, "flick to kick." So the, each player was on on a sort of small plastic base, and um, so essentially it's a, a mini mini football game. It was a huge uh, thing for me when I was in uh, when I was a child, actually, and I used to have my own leagues, and of course, Hibs would win win pretty much every year and every cup that was that was going. But also in the book, I think uh, um, Fish from Marillion talks a lot about Subutio and how he'd signed uh, George Best to his team before he actually <laughs> did sign for Hibs. So, so it was kind of your own wee world that you could, uh, you know, you could obviously apply some favoritism towards your favourite team. Hey, talk a little bit about the Georgie Best connection with Hibbs. I, I was actually watching a, a great old interview uh, earlier this morning with Georgie back at back at Hibbs and and talking about why he he came to Edinburgh in the first place at towards the towards the end of his career and in this this reconnecting kind of fashion. Talk about what what his role at Hibbs was and how you remember him. Well, you know what? I actually, the first game I went to was in 1980. So I missed George Best by six months or something like that. So that's something that's uh, it's always been, been an issue for me. But I do remember, um, you know, the publicity that, that surrounded it. And uh, the chairman at the time um, really dug deep to, to get him to the club. Hibs were really struggling actually at that time um, in terms of facing a real uphill battle with relegation. But what happened was phenomenal in terms of getting through the turnstiles. Um, but there was a lot of stories going around that he would sleep in for training. He'd been out the night before and that kind of thing. So there was uh, there was a lot of interest, obviously, when he when he did sign for Hibs. But some of the things, he was possibly past peak, obviously, but... Um, some of the, you know, he was still head and shoulders above, above most players at that time. All right, now tying this all back to the present day uh, with Hibbs, who, who, as we've said here on on the show, are, are currently in in the Scottish Championship, and the goal is simple: it's 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 gaining promotion back to the top flight. How are Hibbs doing right now, and and how are the fans feeling about? I mean, fans who are 
loyal to the end. I mean, I, I still see the atmosphere there, and it, it's as if they're in the top flight. The fans are doing everything in their power to get the team back to the top flight. How's the team performing of late, and, and how are you feeling about them making it back up? I think we're in with a right good, right good uh, shot at it. Actually, we're, we're only a few points behind behind Rangers, which probably up to about two months ago, no one would have predicted. In fact, most of the you know journalists in Scotland were very much saying that Rangers were going to run away with it. Um, but Rangers have slipped up a few times recently, and Hibs have been on a, a I think it's over ten games where we're undefeated. So um, the team really has started to kind of bond now. Um, I think at the start of the season you could tell that Alan Stubbs had brought in some useful players but it just seemed to take a bit of time for them to kind of gel uh, as a unit. So I think we're, defi- we're definitely in, in with a shout um, and obviously if we don't get automatic promotion which is essentially being first in the league we've still got the possibility of a, a, a playoff um, uh, so basically we still have a chance to, um, to get promotion from, from that point on. However, we were in a promotion uh, playoff last year um, and basically fell short against Rangers, um, who then went up well and actually failed to get promotion. So it's certainly not a given that, you know, uh, even getting into the playoff, uh, because you're still facing de- decent teams from, from the top flight. All right, Eddie, taking a little bit of a broader look at, at Scottish football now, and I'm glad that you talk about Rangers there and, and people still hear it and still get that little bit of a, you know, eyebrow-raising expression on their faces yeah. when they go, wait, Rangers fighting for, for promotion? Even after it's been a few years after the, you know, the financial disaster with Rangers, but it still seems so funky. And, and, and to see yeah. a club of that magnitude going through the struggle that they're going through, and, and for many people it's representative of the struggle that Scottish soccer has gone through mm-hmm. as a whole. How do you feel about where where Scottish soccer is right now and, and what can we do? I mean, as as supporters of Scottish soccer, whether you're you're a Scotsman or just someone who has a fondness for, for the country, for the people and and for the sport, what can we do to, to help with with what many people are calling for? And that is a, a true renaissance in, in Scottish football. Yeah. It's an interesting one because I think we're obviously in a very much a transitional stage. There's been all kinds of, of chat. And then the big news over here um, this week was the uh, reorganisation of the League Cup here. So basically what they want to do is to, to start group stages and this quite kind of convoluted um, pro- uh, process with the League Cup to try and revitalise it. I think there's, there's some fundamental things that have gone badly wrong over the years. And I think, you know, even, even if we look at the, the, the title, we're, we're talking about the championship and the premiership. To me, that was a big opportunity for, for the, the, the governing body of the game to really put a bit of imagination and not follow, um, basically follow the, the, the name of the English leagues. Um, so I think there's been a sort of inherent lack of imagination. Um, and, you know, there's various things where I think um, we should be doing more to embrace uh, the actual supporter. Um, and that can be anything from reintroducing standing areas to, you know, the actual prices are pretty expensive um, for, for your average fan in Scotland. Um, and I think what they've to pursue 
TV deals and, and, and big sponsorship, and they haven't really been too successful at that. So I think what we need to do is bring bring the game to the fans, um, who are the ones that really, really do count and the ones that, that pay their money every week um, to, to come through the turnstiles. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, there's many, many issues, I would say, that, that, that should be addressed, but I do think there just really needs to be a good overhaul, possibly expanding the, the top league to 16 teams is something that's been talked about a lot as well because in Scotland the teams are playing each other four times a year and I think kind of just get far too over-familiar with each other um, and so then the football becomes a wee bit flat you know, as a result of that because the, the, each player knows knows the opposition inside out. Um, so there, there, there's, there is a lot of things that could be changed. I, I'm still a big um, champion of the Scottish game, having said that. I think we've got some fantastic clubs. We've still, per head of population, in the top two or three best-supported uh, leagues in, in Europe, certainly, and possibly even the world, um, You know, in terms of actual percentages of, of people that attend football games. So that that's, that would be my thoughts, really, in general. Well, I, I want to expand on something that you just touched on there, and, and that is this idea of, of bringing Scottish football back home and putting the emphasis yeah. on the supporters of these clubs, the supporters of Scottish football and, and the people that truly make it special, rather than than worrying too much about the the global brand and and the and the monetary sponsorships. I mean, obviously those things are are vital. But do you think it's something that that the heads of Scottish football can can wrap their <laughs> pardon pardon for this one, but wrap their heads around in terms of the importance of actually honoring the people who have truly built this thing? Because I think that if that gets put in in first place in terms of importance, I feel like the monetary sponsorships and, and the global branding would come second. Do you think the heads of Scottish football are, are going to think that way and say, hey, let's actually get back to localizing this thing and putting our supporters first? Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a, I would probably say the current regime haven't shown that they've been capable of that. Um, probably the best example I would give you was not sure if you're familiar with a, a boxing promoter called Barry Hearn, who actually came up to one of the, the conventions that they had um, as a sort of dinner guest, and I don't think they expected uh, what, what they, you know they didn't expect him to say quite a lot of the stuff that he said that night, and he basically called them lazy and set in their ways. He thought that the alcohol ban, for example, on the ground was insult to, to your average person. Given the other sports, you can, you know, you can, for example, in Germany, you can go along, you can have a beer. Uh, the ticket prices are, are very, very cheap and affordable, particularly for young people. So I would say with the current regime, I think we need fundamental change, actually, at the top of the game, um, is, is the way that I look at it. Um, there, are, there are small improvements possibly being made. Um, for example, the playoffs. Uh, was just brought in a year or two ago. So that, I think, is a step forward. But I think it's been very, very slow. And, and the problem is that you then, over time, you potentially start to lose fans to the game. Um, so I think, there, to, to a degree, there has to be a bit of a revolution behind the scenes of Scottish football. 
Well, absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought up the the, the German model. We had Ian Joy, uh, another yeah. proud Scotsman on the show on, on Monday, and Ian covering the, the Bundesliga extensively for Fox uh, here in the States. That was one of the main things that he brought up is that the ticket yeah. prices in Germany, a lot of people don't know this, ticket prices in Germany are, are cheap, if not cheaper than anywhere else in Europe. And you see these packed stadiums, you see the, the millennial generation being so inspired and ready to go to football because it's affordable. So, I mean, it, it's really yeah. important to, to bring that aspect of it up and and I love some of the comments that you made there Andy as far as what we can do to to see perhaps a, a renaissance in in Scottish football it definitely is going to take some fundamental change at the top hey before we let you go I, I got to ask you one final question about the book what, what was your your favorite aspect of creating this what, what was the most enjoyable part of of the creative process for this book we are Hibernian the fan story I think it's a strange one actually but I think when you've gone out and done your, your interview, um, it's hard work, obviously, when you're dictating uh, people's words back. But I, I love when, when you start to see something come together. And obviously some interviews I have uh, probably preference for, but that's probably the, the, the most rewarding bit is actually thinking, well, I actually quite am quite enjoying reading this. So you hope that that sort of translates to, to the people that actually buy the book. Uh, but obviously, seeing seeing your book come back from the printer is is an obvious uh, delight, you know, when when you see your work actually uh, come to fruition. Um, but there, there's many things, even you know, meeting the people that that, that were in the book was fascinating as well, because you, you feel that you're almost um, you're part of the story that, that they are telling you. You almost put yourself in that scene. Um, so yeah, I've I've, I've really enjoyed the, the, the whole thing. And how can the good listeners of World Soccer Talk Radio get a hold of this book, Andy? Um, you can get it from the usual outlets like um, Amazon, or you can also get it from uh, in the UK from Waterstones, um, or directly from my website, MacVannon.com. And you can also get a signed copy if you, if you go to, the, to, to my own website. Well, look forward to uh, all of our listeners getting a hold of this thing. It's a very special book, not just for fans of the Scottish game, but for fans of, of any club. I think this is a book that people could read and then inspire them to maybe write a book about their own club. I mean, the, the, the model of this thing is so beautiful. I enjoyed everything that I uh, had the privilege of reading out of it over the last couple of days and uh, look forward to having you on the show again sometime. And best of luck cheering on your hibs. And I wish you all the best in the race for promotion, sir. Thank you very much for having a chat with me. That's fantastic, and I'm glad you enjoyed the book as well. Absolutely. Again, that was Andy McVannon. The book is We Are Hibernian, The Fan's Story. We're back after this on World Soccer Talk Radio. Take the express train home right here on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 